Kieran Music. chosen to join this conversation we welcome you to the cutting board i am your uh host i am mike i'm your brother friend your guide sometimes your guide me sometimes it's a mutual relationship and then we have our beautiful co-host it is leash i am here yes i am glowing auntie somebody's mom somebody's friend somebody's daughter so let's get it glowing you know i have i have a i have a a question that it's been on my mind for like two or three weeks and it really i I believe that we miss the subtlety of enjoying life and this is how this question gets overlooked every time because people just answer it almost mechanically without any thought so i'm gonna ask you the question Mm -hmm. How are you? Um. Doesn't it sound different now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, if we're being honest, um, the beginning of this year has been a little tough. <laughs> a little? Yeah, it's been <laughs> a little tough. It's been a little Boy, tough. Boy, 24 put me in a blender. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't really, really feeling well um, coming into the new year. And now I'm coming up on the anniversary of my dad's death on Friday, mm. four years, which That's is a week. A big heck. Yeah, a week before my birthday. So it's felt a little weird the last few years, you know what I mean? Um, that and then, you know, a sad time, then a celebratory time. But thank you for asking. How are you? I've been trying to figure my answer to that question since I thought about it. Because I feel like because we don't slow down enough to enjoy the moments of life, mm-hmm. the gravity of that question is always missed. If someone took the time to ask you how you are and actually waited for an answer, you should answer them. Let's see how far that conversation goes. Answer them. How are you? Mm-hmm. Boy, that's a loaded question. I think people are hardwired to say, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I've noticed I deflect the whole question. Someone say, hey, man, how you doing? Uh, how you doing? Oh, okay. I never even answered you. I just returned the question Answering to you. Answering a question with a question. Yeah, like, oh, so now I noticed at the bank of the day, I never even answered the dude's question. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, Mike, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Never even answered you. I'm like, it's a mechanical response at this point just to answer that. But then, I, I know I can speak for me or maybe some other people. You think about, who cares how I am? I was just thinking that, like, I think most people, I know myself, I feel like it's just something people say and they really don't want to know because if I launch into a tirade <laughs> of what I'm Yo, really feeling, if, I'm, if I just let day, a little bit out, yeah, 
I'm like, do they really want to hear They're it? They're not Are talking they to me again. Gonna offer any I'm going to end up in HR. <laughs> I'm going to end up in HR. I promise you. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, you're right. You're you're absolutely right. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing because I've been doing a social experiment. I think people, and I still, with all due respect, I think the people that go on social media and announce behaviors are cornballs. About to, about to do a clean sweep of the friends list. <laughs> Comment. Let me know you're still around. Or like things, anything that's baby to me, you're a cornball. Like, oh, I only or the ones that make the the weird like extra like vague dramatic statements. I'm only rocking with who I'm rocking with going to 24. Like you don't say who you talking to, or if there's a situation, right. but you always grab somebody's attention like that. Mm-hmm. No matter what, you always end up grabbing somebody's attention because they were fake listening to a fake situation that you gave them. Right. And you're like, wait, what? Or people, this is the one that gets me every time. The people that say, pray for my family, but don't ask. Oh, the um, don't ask any questions. Yeah, bro, why are we here? Why did you put this on here? I'm so annoyed. <laughs> like, why did you say what? Please go away. We could talk about social media literally all day. But look, th- this is the point, though. Because this was actually one of the ones I didn't like. And I used to hate when people would say, I'm not reaching out to nobody uh, that don't reach out to me. Or they say the ones, um, stop reaching out first and see who, who talks to you. And I'm like, I'm actually going to try that one. I've done it. It's mind-blowing. It is, yeah. I, I've done it in... Um that's how I, there's some people that I don't speak to anymore because I literally realized that I was carrying the friendship, the kinship. And I'm like, who's doing that? I'm way too old for that at this point. I can't do it. When I say mind blowing. Yeah. Because I'm like, I wonder, I wonder. It always gets back to me where I don't mind doing anything for anybody. Right. But I also, I also equate that to like social equity. Mm-hmm. Like I'm putting in to our relationship. That's that's my investment. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like if, if I let's say I, I bought you something or I paid a, one of your bills or so I did something for you. I don't need you to do it back, but I need it to be a deposit in our our relationship account. Absolutely. So that you know it's a precedence that I be on this kind of time, being helpful, being considerate, and all this other good stuff. That's why I'm okay. Let's put that in there. But then I always question like, hmm. Now that I no longer serve that purpose in your life, will you hit me up? Or if I retract that purpose without saying anything, would there be so the same need for me? Um, in my experience, I'm going to have to say no, because what I also realize is that people get so accustomed and so comfortable mm. to who you are to them that... And they haven't had to do any work. There was no reciprocity required. So no, no, gotta say that word again. No, <laughs> I love that word. So many people don't know what it means, right. and I love that word. Yeah, reciprocity. Yeah, it wasn't required. So, <sighs> but then going back to what we said in another episode about accountability. Mm. Nobody. What's the example I gave? If I go down and stop and shop every Friday and I know Joe, the security guard, isn't going to chase me out the store when I walk I'm in walk and get right a past Joe. cart of groceries, then why would I not keep going? If somebody keeps 
having me pour into them and they don't have to pour into me, why would they? That's not on them. That's on me. That's on me. 24. It's all about... Actually, I've been on this for a couple years now since I went to I didn't therapy. notice I was on this. I, I, I think that mindset has been happening in layers mm-hmm. where now the revelation just clicked for me. Yeah. But I've, I started removing myself from situations... Or not even just that. I noticed because I live further. Mm-hmm. So instead of living in the hood, I live out a distance. Nobody comes out there. And I also don't come back to Hartford unless I absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. Like my church is in Hartford. My, you know, my job, depending on what branch I'm at, is in Hartford. But I don't be in a hood like that. I noticed as I subtracted my presence, it became less of a requirement. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's still cool. It's all love. I don't know these conversations. I don't know the arguments. I'm not in the mix. There's no updates. It's almost like out of sight, out of mind, with the respect that you're. We still know who you are. Right. I was like, yo, I wonder what would happen if I did that out of these relationships that I I I value so high. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna withdraw and let's see what happens. And it sounds passive aggressive because it probably is, but it had fruit to it. Mm-hmm. Drew back. Didn't well, no beef. Didn't say nothing. Just notice what the content and the context of the relationship really was. I supply a need that you don't actually need. It's almost like I'm having a relationship with myself through you. Mm. So then again, social accountability. It wasn't you. It was me. Yeah. I've, I'm I'm forcing this relationship based out of some psychological ideology that you need me and I'm offering as a out of the kindness of my heart to be this good person to you right there's something wrong there yeah yeah but you know your experience or your experiment rather um made you come to that realization yes and knowing is half the battle Knowing is half the battle. You know, personal accountability is is a real thing. And it's not something that is easy to do because you're really like, dang, am I, have I been a sucker this whole time? That part. Yeah. Have I been, you know, have I been used? Have I been whatever? And a lot of times it's, the answer is yes, but it's okay. It's Have I been operating beneath my standard of integrity? Yeah. Yeah, and most times the answer is yes, but once you know it and you can make the adjustment... That's the most beautiful part. Yeah. Just, eh, let me tweak that a little bit. I think with mine, it's more so, I I firmly believe in the nobility of a man. Like, although I may dress more casually, my mind is in the era of when men would wear suits to the grocery store. Like, when men wore suits for no reason. Right. That's what my like. That's what a man should represent in in the social, emotional, spiritual, structural means of society. Mm-hmm. That's what he's supposed to look like. All right. So I have a standard. It's things I won't do. It's things I don't do. The thing like, for instance, any child I ever see, I don't care what kind of day I'm having, I smile and speak. Mm-hmm. I don't care. If I'm literally on the brink of it. It's over. I smile and speak at children because at some point you don't know if they've never seen a man. If they have bad uh, uh, association with men, mm-hmm. this could be a pivotal core memory when this random dude spoke to me. Right. So do it. Absolutely. 
But I'm like, yo, have I been have I been against my own code of conduct? What is happening? This is the sobering, like when you try so hard to be something, you become its opposite. Mm. When you force the motion of maturity and and development and growth, you become the counterintuitive version of that. Right. But when you're when you're in it, when you're knee deep in it, you're not seeing that as forcing anything. You're seeing it as I'm being a friend to my friend. Facts. I'm being a cousin to my cousin or an aunt to my nephew or my niece. You're not thinking of anything except the fact that, you know, whatever your core being is, that's what you're trying to, you know, deposit into someone else. Like you're you're trying to pour into someone else and only when you really take a step back and look at like, gee whiz, why am I always reaching out? No one's reaching back out to me. And like you said, all you had to do was stop. You'll see who comes looking for you. And you know, you know that's the, that's the key to life, right? Yeah. Stand still and see what happens. Yes. Like, I, I can't tell you, you know, we always went somehow in the Bible, but stand still and see the goodness of the Lord. Like, just be still and know I am God. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, just stop moving. Like, all, all these plans and stuff we have in motion and ideas and things that we think we're pursuing, I dare you just to stand still. Mm-hmm. Like, one Saturday morning, you ain't got nothing to do. Don't move. Put your phone down. Put the car keys down. Put the kids down and just sit still. I guarantee you can't get through an hour. Guarantee, I guarantee you won't make the first 60 minutes. Without noticing, oh, I caused that. Mm-hmm. I'm the motion here. Like as a parent, you know you're the motion. Your kid don't make make it to the programs. Your kid don't make it to these situations without you. Right. Your kid don't don't have a social life without you. Yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. You you the motion for that one, okay. And in your marriage, it's not there's days it's gonna be 50, 50, 60, 40, 100, 0, whatever. This week you might be the motion for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense too. Then you start noticing everything else, your, your, your team at work, your, your social groups and cliques, your hobbyists, your, all these other areas. You realize how much motion you're really putting out. Mm-hmm. The first two or three are justifiable because it's family. Mm-hmm. Third one should be, you know, if it's going to be family, marriage, and, and personal, those three make sense. But you've been the motion behind a lot of situations, and you wonder why you're so spent. Like, body may be fine, you know, you know, I have to present health issues, but you just seem like your mind is tired. The elasticity is not the same. Like, right. you, you're forgetting stuff sooner, you know, you're not able to equate things the way they're supposed to be, you know, people got to remind you of stuff, you, you start showing up to late to events and stuff like that. Your mind is tired. Mm-hmm. And it's because you've been emotion in the wrong spots. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you... If you are withdrawing more than you're depositing, you're or letting empty. people withdraw more than they're depositing, yes, yeah, exactly, yeah, you're gonna be empty. Like it, do, it doesn't work the same way your bank account. You have to deposit more than you withdraw. You know what I mean? And people need to deposit in you, back into you, what you're putting out there, what they're withdrawing, or what you're transferring. 
with your zelling <laughs> to other people. You need some zells back or else it's not it's not going to work. And <clears throat> nothing is ever going to be I don't have any friendships that are 50-50. Like you said, it ebbs and flows. Sometimes, you know, yeah. my friends are checking on me more or I'm checking on them, but it should never be 90-10. Not for an extended no, amount this of time season, this or season the, period the length of the, the course of the yeah. relationship. Yeah, 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 it shouldn't yeah. be 90-10. You know what I mean? So, But <clears throat> that simple concept of disappear. And see who comes looking for you. Because there will be people who come looking well, for you. you know and so there crazy will be people that? who don't. I love the people that come looking without accusation. Oh, without the thinking you're acting funny nope, or something just, like that. Yes. Me and my cousin, like, my cousin's probably one of my best friends. And it's even funny. We didn't grow up together. I didn't know she was my cousin. I met her one day and then found out, no, we're like actual cousins. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I can't remember a time after that we wasn't around each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay. But we have this thing where we're pretty cynical. So we kind of see the glass half empty, but we accept it. Mm-hmm. We don't talk for periods of time and randomly just send a heart emoji. Mm-hmm. That's the conversation. Right. Hers is black, mine is red. Mine comes with flowers and my last name is Rose. Mm-hmm. That's it. Sometimes it don't be no words. It just be that. And that's to say, yo, I'm alive. Right. And that's the only part. That's the only reason why we was texting in the first place. Mm-hmm. You all right? All right. And that's one of the most endearing things in the world is the freedom from expectation in relationship. She doesn't expect anything. Right. You know what the vibe is, though. You call me, I'm coming. Right. If it's up, it's up. But we don't have to be in each other's face to understand the, the integrity of the, I would say, the covenant. Mm-hmm. We know what the vibe is. That's it, right? And that's kind of I feel like that's what that's that's like something of antiquity because that's what our parents' relationships was like. Because remember, they didn't have social media, right. so if your parents had friends when you was coming up. They was really friends mm-hmm. because there wasn't no I couldn't hit you on no messenger or FaceTime. You like I had to write letters or call long distance or remember your birthday in a notebook type stuff. Mm-hmm. So if your parents still has friends like my mom with 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 with. Two or three people. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're you're the only friends I acknowledge that my mother has. Right. I don't know who the other people. I know you might know those people. Right. These are your friends. Yeah, absolutely. Those are people you know. Cause these, I remember holiday after holiday after holiday with these people. Mm-hmm. Those people I've seen from time to time. Exactly. But it shows you like we can still have that in our society. It would just require a different level of of consideration. Well, I know your life is your life. How many times we rescheduled doing this episode? Yeah. And it wasn't no funny stuff. It wasn't like, yo, I'm not in the mood. We gotta do another day. It was really like, yo, um, I'm I'm probably dying. But um what other day work this week? <laughs> right, right. And it was like I think I was was I first? I think I was first. Yeah. And I was like, yo, good looking out because I'm 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 spent. Yeah. I'm over it. Mm-hmm. And your we, the next time was right for yours. Then the next time was mine. The next time was yours. I'm like, yo, I'm not even tripping. No, you know, like re probably pretty recently. Um, anytime a situation arises and you know something may not go my way, I've really been pausing. I've really been taking time to take an extra second to be like, listen, I don't know what's going on in that person's life. Let me stop taking. Anything personal that's not personal mm. 
unless somebody is saying leash, I don't rock with you. Unless like, you put my name on it. Yeah. Unless you at me. <laughs> if you're not saying leash, this it's is not tagging me. I'm not taking mm -mm. anything personally. And that's from personal to whether I'm out in a grocery store and someone lets the door, you know, come back on me and doesn't hold it open. Don't I don't know you. what happened at that man's home. I don't know if he's battling an illness. He could have just gotten the most devastating news of his life. We don't think like that. And I'm and I'm just saying I just started to internalize oh, that. That's like a fact. I never know what anyone's going through. That's a so fact. I need to be empathetic. And if you're not saying to me specifically that you don't rock with me or I did something, uh, I'm not yeah. taking nothing personal anymore. Nothing. So it's funny you were talking about social media and how people are always saying like you know or I, you see people posting subliminals or whatever. Oh I don't take subliminals personal because in my mind, my people's have my number. So there should be no reason for anyone to post something there that they couldn't have called me and talked to me about or texted me because I'm open for a conversation at all times. I'm just not, I'm in a space in life where I'm not taking nothing personal unless it's personal. I'm not going to worry about nothing until there's something to worry about. I felt that because even, I, I realized I just, I did a, I did a live not too long about messy men in the church and not I, messy men. <laughs> oh no, yeah, it's called the, the it's called messy men. Okay. Um, and I openly sprayed. Now my thing because I have integrity, I didn't call nobody's name. Mm -hmm. I also didn't hold no punches though. Mm -hmm. These salacious men out here just being the most zesty, sanctified individuals you can find. And when I say zesty, that's not sexual orientation or preference. That's effeminate behavior. But to your degree. And what you're saying, I, I believe the same thing. Even more so, things that are personal aren't personal. Wherein I can take correction now and I don't get butt hurt. Right. Or I can I can have somebody check me to a certain degree and I'm not tripping like, oh, okay. Because the truth of the matter is this. How I feel about it is irrelevant because you didn't ask me that. You came to tell me this bit of information. Mm -hmm. How I then emotionally respond is not for you. You've not been afforded that display. So even if you do piss me off, that's for me later. Mm -hmm. You're not invited to that space. I'm going to take that for me. But I had someone come and, and everything in me said, don't respond to defend yourself. Don't respond to defend yourself. They're not even right. Don't respond. Mm -hmm. And I was good not to respond. I didn't, I didn't feel anything from their accusations. All I said was, I apologize for how you felt during that situation. And it, it was almost like they saw red that that wasn't good enough. <laughs> no, of course it wasn't. People want a response. And I'm like, no, but wait. I really tried just now. Oh, no. Here it comes. Lack of emotional intelligence. And I, this is the way I'm happy. I ain't clapping with Shorty. I didn't... I didn't I didn't, like, snap off and do nothing. I very intellectually and sternly stated my case and then removed myself from the conversation. Mm -hmm. The part I was mad about was I, I shouldn't have responded in the first place. I should have said, okay, I apologize. Have a good day. Yeah. I mean, but you're, you're also human. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the best laid plans don't always go the way 
you know, you expect them to, or, you know, you can have a, an ideology about how you're going to handle certain things in life and then something happens and it doesn't, you know, go off without a hitch. But yeah, that, that, um, defending, I don't defend. I've never defended. And I mean, all types of stuff have been put out into the ether and, you know, somebody comes and says whatever. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what you heard. Hmm. Okay. Like, you're not going to get a, a confirmation or a denial. You you believe what you came here believing what you wanted to you anyway. You wanted to ask if so, you didn't believe it. Yeah, keep, that's fine. You can, whatever. That burns people. Oh, I've it, seen what? It kills them dead. With my own eyes. Forget this arm. They're dismembered. Yeah, because they're, they're waiting for an explanation. And they were waiting for you none. to go into a whole dialogue with receipts I and give, all that. I give no, whatever, whatever no. you heard believe it here's what i say and and only because i know that i've dealt with that lack of affirmation so at some point i have an innate desire to defend myself all the time Mm -hmm. no i'm not defending anything you just said right because you're right well what do you mean like no you're right whichever way that spun for you you're right yeah because the thing is you're entitled to your perception my responsibility as an executive communicator is what I said and how you received it. So I know how I meant it. Mm-hmm. I'm also responsible for how you received it mm-hmm. because my rapport is the filter by which you hear my voice. Right. My influence to you or my impact in your life is how you hear my voice. Mm-hmm. Where my daughters know the tone of my voice when it's correction and when it's playing and when it's, oh, you should probably run. Mm-hmm. So when people don't receive how I said something or people feel some kind of way about me, you're right. I apologize. And there's no, I'm not being passive. (laughs) Nothing about that because you're right. And the fact that you being right because you want it to be right is killing you inside. (laughs) Like it's slowly burning through your soul that I did not, especially because I know that my poor rapport with certain individuals makes me an arch nemesis and I didn't mean for that to happen. Mm -hmm. And just like you've been waiting to take me down, Zordon, it's not going down because now that I've known I've been bad to you, I'm going to be just as good. Mm -hmm. And because my my display now doesn't fit your narrative, well, I'm the bad guy in your story, but I am Glenda the Good Witch on this side. (laughs) Not Glenda. (laughs) So, so what's my movie? What you, yo, that's only because I was I was listening to something talking about Wicked in the car. I'm not a witch. We don't do those. Yeah. But the whole the whole thing is like when you take out the fuse from their negativity bomb. Yeah, they be so pissed. Listen, people people love to um, make someone upset or mad or whatever. I don't. We I love don't mess. Know. We yeah. We just. We just do. People just do. And, you know, I also, another realization I came to recently is that, you know, the majority of the negativity that people are releasing into the atmosphere is a, is a measure of how they feel about them. Factual. So I was like, again, that, that plays into me not taking things personally. 
you you made a negative comment about me because you feel some type about you. That comment literally has and zero. You thought that this was a safe space to put your mess. Me. Yeah, like because if you're happy, I've been happy, like happy, happy in a happy space. I didn't have a negative word for anyone. I can't muster <laughs> it. There's no room. There was. Not, not a negative word on my lips because I was in bliss. Mm -hmm. When you are happy with yourself, with your partner, with your job, with whatever, mm -hmm. that negative space just does not even exist for you. So no, because you, you then your reality is based on your perception of how you see things. Yeah. So if, like you said, if you're living in that blissful cloud nine. You've literally turned the hue on your life yeah. to rose colored. Yeah. And everything is happy. Listen. You like yo, you, your tire's flat and you're whistling <laughs> Dixie. Like you can't even like right. I don't even care, bro. <laughs> right. Like and I, I was there mid, I would say maybe beginning to mid last year. And I I remember I went outside, my tire was flat. And I laughed. And I called AAA and the dude at the job was like, yo, it's gonna take him like two hours. They were there in six minutes. And the dude didn't even charge me. He plugged my tire, put air in it, and that plug lasted until I replaced the tire. Mm -hmm. And I, he's like, yo, I, I was like, you don't understand. God is for real. Mm -hmm. Where I put my energy, it will grow. Yeah. And I put my energy into being happy. Yes. And then, then, then I made a mistake. And I, I left the doors open to something. And then here come... I was like, yo, everybody should probably just go away. Because I think the, the ultimate enemy of your happiness isn't sadness. It's lack of awareness. Because you can be at the epitome of happy and get caught slipping. Because your awareness wasn't high enough. You, were, you, you missed what was the root of your happiness. A lot of us get happy off the fruit. What was the root of your happy? I've been saying this for like two weeks, even though I don't support Jada Pickett Smith at all, ever. She was like, her happiness and as it pertains to the marriage is not Will's responsibility. Right. And vice versa. Yeah. I add or deplenish his happiness, but I don't not start it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's fire. No one's supposed to be able to do that. So the season I thought I was I was experiencing was because I was prospering. Mm -hmm. The prospering was the fruit. The root was something different. I wasn't looking at it. Mm -hmm. And the root was going bad. So I was living out the days of the fruit as the root was carotted. It was going, not carotted, that's the wrong word. Uh, corroded, that's the word. Yeah. And I'm like, yo. You watching Grey's Anatomy too? Carotted artery? <laughs> no, that's my joke. Both our mothers are nurses. That's my joke, right? <laughs> like when people, yeah, it'd be so funny when I'm talking to people and I go straight medical. I'm like, yeah, because... You could do this, this, and they're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, oh, my mom's a nurse, dude. Like, my mom used to make me, like, like discuss the colors of fecal matter so I knew what to do in case I was dying. Right, absolutely. And I'm like, mom, what are you talking about? Say, <laughs> so if you ever see this, get to a hospital now because you're dying. Like, everything my mom says, shout out to you, it's somewhere, someone died in the story. Yeah. Like, in the, in the theory of how she explained that, somebody died. Yeah, my fault. I didn't mean to get you off track. That was funny. But. It was hilarious. <laughs> I thought about it the other day. Because I mean, one, day, one day I walked in the house and I happened to be a little darker than usual. She swore I had liver corrosion. I'm like, nah, I just work outside. I'm just a little darker. I'm not, I'm scared to come in the house now because you keep diagnosing me every time I walk in here. I don't want this. But no, 
you know, we could sum that part up. The, the how are you been blowing my mind? Because I asked myself first before I asked anybody else, how are you? And I, I really had to reason with that response. Mm-hmm. And I think that we get too comfortable pre, I would say preheating, <laughs> um, preparing the response that you never sat and actually answered the question. Mm-hmm. You know that the person that asks you really isn't, doesn't care about what you're about to say. So there's no point in preparing a whole lengthy story of the myriad of things that's got you up in arms. Mm-hmm. You just gotta, oh, I'm good. I, when I say the bank, can't complain. Mm-hmm. Technically, it's still the truth, but it's an omission. Right. Because there's a ton of stuff going on. And a lot of it's not even bad. It's just, I tell my, I tell my, my, my young ones, is growing pains. The growing pains are justifiable when you know what God has for you. It doesn't mean that the that the enemy is not gonna piggyback it though. Right. Like if he knows you already already in pain, oh, this is a great opportunity to get on your nerves. Mm-hmm. It's a great opportunity just to ride you to see if I can get you uh to forfeit what it is you're doing. So it's like you, you know that you're being stretched and it's uncomfortable because you have to correct some behavior, and here comes the enemy. Right. I'm gonna press on all the negativity you have left. To see what I can break off. And that's where the lack of self-awareness comes. Because he always attacks the root. He doesn't attack fruit. The irony about being in the garden. He didn't necessarily use the fruit. He used the root. He used the woman. She's the root. Mm -hmm. Because from her loins came the rest of generations. He attacked the root, not the fruit. Ours is the other way. We always see people for the fruit of what they're doing. Like we, we honor these superstars and celebrities for the fruit of their gift. We never look at the root. Mm-hmm. If we did, Heath Ledger probably would still be alive. If we did, Robin Williams might still be alive. Chris Farley might still be alive. Richard Pryor might still be alive. If we looked at the root, we always thought they were funny. That's the fruit. Why are they this funny? Why are tragic things this hilarious? If you take the funny away from some of their stories, it's mad dark. Yeah. And it would have been a red flag had you been paying attention. Like, right. that one shouldn't be left alone. So, like, mine, it sounds doomy, gloomy. I just think that reality has to settle in sometimes for you to really know what you're looking at. Before you go to prepare yourself for a season or to prepare yourself for action, be real about what you're looking at first. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself that question. How are you? And then let your brain do whatever it's going to do. The brain, and we'll segue into to, uh, our feedback from from our wonderful listeners. God bless you. Uh, you wonderful people. Listen to me rant and you support me. That was my train of thought. I think I did. It, it blew, oh, there it goes. Your mind is a self-serving organism. It does not care about how you feel. It does not care about what you think. It cares about staying alive and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Your brain is like a drug addict. It only wants what it wants because it likes it. So if you're if you're neurodivergent or dopamine deficient, your brain will give you the most stupid things to do because it's quickly satisfying. Mm-hmm. If you have issues with chemical balance or bipolar schizophrenia or depression, your brain is doing things that are not conducive to your life. The, the diagnosis is the fruit. Your brain is the root. Mm-hmm. Dealing with how you think is the root. Right. 
the metacognition of dealing with how you think. Forget the fact that you can't stop smoking cigarettes. Cigarettes is the fruit. Why you like that is the root. Why do you have this addictive personality? Why are you self-loathing enough to smoke knowing it's going to hurt you? Guarantee if you attack the root of why you behave like that, cigarettes will just stop. Because it's illogical at that point. A lot of our behavior that's so negative, it's only logical because you don't ask the question. Agreed. You can tell where I've been this week. Yeah. Yeah. On the backside of a mountain somewhere. <laughs> Actually, quite a little. Me and my wife just got back from going to... Uh, we, we went to Rhode Island for Valentine's Day weekend. I know y'all just did math how long the episodes are in between each other. Don't judge me. Um, and then instead of coming home, we went to Maine. So we got back from both of those. Okay. And I was literally on the backside of a mountain. But it makes you think about it a lot. Yeah. She had the, un- she had the unfortunate, fortunate opportunity to listen to my inner thoughts for three and a half hours. Okay. Yeah, pray for her. <laughs> what you do in a relationship or marriage yeah yeah I, I was one of my well, my mentor was like you need to work on creating safe spaces mm-hmm. and I'm like have you met me everything is war where do you see a safe space she was like yeah that's your problem mm-hmm. and I, I I heard Joe Rogan say this quote he says it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a garden in a war it's better that you're prepared for war, but in a peaceful place. And instead of in a peaceful place, not prepared. Right. And I'm like, I need to get that. But all that being said, it's been a very interesting week. Feedback. Ready? Mm-hmm. As we shift out of that somewhat very heavy topic. Mm-hmm. Feedback on this. And, and I'll, I'm going to let you just go. They were asking about how do we feel about this male versus female era, where on social media it seems like there is a subliminal war between the sexes about what men should be doing, what women should be, and so on and so forth. There's no war. <laughs> there, there's, there's no war. Sim- simply that. There's no war. Men are men, women are women. Relationships are relationships. Whatever works for each individual relationship is what works, period. That's the way I look at it. What may work in one household may not work in my household, and that's okay. There's no there's no one standard to live by, and I think that's the problem. Everybody wants to box certain things um, or how things should be done, how things should be run, and... I don't believe I personally don't don't believe that to be true. Period. I can't say I disagree. I think just whatever works for you needs to work. But I also think that some of the stuff like we gotta start looking at it for industry plugs. We gotta start looking at people are starting these conversations to keep the momentum of social media going. Because when you remember back when Facebook first started, you could poke somebody and play Farmville. That's all you had. We played uh, Mafia Wars. It was Mafia Wars, Candy Crush, and poking people. It was not all this interactive. It was a step above MySpace. Like my, at least MySpace turned you into a tech engineer because you had to write your own code. 
But <laughs> Facebook wasn't nothing. Now it's so interactive, and all these people are talking this foolishness that I believe is, is utilized to keep the wheel going. Because if we don't stay interested, if we don't stay relevant, they're going to stop posting pictures, and they're going to stop liking, and they're just going to stop interacting. Mm -hmm. So we got to keep posting this stuff. I, I'm listening to this girl, and, and I know most people saw this. I don't know what um, podcast it was or whatever, but it's a room full of women, and they're judging the men that are coming out. Mm -hmm. And this girl with this three-and-a-half-foot ponytail, and she's only five feet tall, like this, this... Just Timu outfit, <laughs> lights do on fire, like from the gate, just tears in the dude. And you can see that baby's projecting so bad, like she has no basis to stand on and keeps telling all the men, you sound like my little brother, you sound like my little brother, I don't want to date my little brother, my little brother. Like you can see that there's so much animosity towards this young man. Yeah. And it's like, yo, what? Yeah, that's the that's the same as um the whole uh where where women should be taken out on a first date to that whole. Debate. That's where I was going with it, oh, bro. If yeah. you don't take this Applebee's two for twenty, listen, I <laughs> and you can get the two for yourself. I'm just cracking up about. Like, me, I can't why, take you somewhere. Why is this even a conversation? It's it's not it's not a conversation, but I don't know. I think. The most surprising aspect of these conversations for me is that the 20-somethings and the 40-somethings sound the same. And that's what I'm confused about because however I thought in my 20s is light they years should not be the same. away from how I think now. I never was um, superficial like that anyway. Uh, a first date in a coffee shop first date for a walk in a park is fine if you like the person it won't matter what you guys are doing it really does does not matter so you know and i i tell my son um you know pick a place you can afford on a first date sure. that's all i'm telling you Big to facts. do um if you can't afford a five star restaurant that's not where we going don't go if you don't want to go there, then don't go. But you choose it so that your pockets are good for it and you, you know, go and have a good time. Um, but I just literally watched a reel and this girl videoed the guy. They were at Shake Shack. And she was like, Shake Shack? And I'm sitting here like, dang, I'll, I'll take a chicken sandwich. <laughs> like, what's what's the problem? But again, like you just said, projecting, I mean... I take myself out to eat all the time. So I don't need a man to come and take me to a five-star restaurant because I do, I've do. i been doing that stuff, not necessarily a five-star, but fine dining, if you will, on my own. So it's not that deep. You know what I mean? Whatever I want to go do, I, I can go do. Now, if, if a gentleman and I get to that level, that's fine, but that's not an expectation on a first date. First date, we could go for, to Starbucks. We could go to Blueback Square and walk around. I don't care. It's not that deep. I'm, I'm lost, honestly, because it's like they had, I guess they had a running list. And even that. Oh, yes, all, the restaurants. That, yeah, all, that's, that's old. But then I'm watching more women like, oh, I, I, I forgot. You know, I'll be going through these reels. And it, it was like, how much does this dude have to make in order to talk to you? 
And I said, first of all, that's a dumb question. And the fact that y'all had an answer prepared shows what you shouldn't. The question did not deserve an answer. And that was the point of the experiment. And they missed it. Oh, 300,000? 400,000? Where? I, I, want, I want to understand this. And maybe, you know, with your bald headed logic, you can put me on. When did it? When did a male suitor become equivalent to a debt consolidator? I don't know. Like when did the when did a male suitor become equivalent with an ATM? Like if dude want me, he gonna put some money on it. So you're a hooker. No, I'm trying to. I'm trying to understand. And I'm gonna look it up. What the um? I'm confused. Like I understand a man is supposed to protect and provide and all that good stuff, but for you to think that your life is utterly going to be changed and you'll never have to produce anything because your man's going to take care of it. You're a succubus. Okay, so the average um, household, no, the average salary nationwide is 59428 The average median household income, household, back in 2021 was 7784 So, that means anyone six figures and above, they're in the minority. Factuals. So I'm trying to figure out um, where whoever these people are, um, where they figure they're going to find the gentleman. Make it make sense. Making $300,000 a year. Those men are few and far between. I don't. I'm confused. I don't, but again, I try not, I try not to pass judgment be, just because I don't operate like that. Whatever somebody makes is, is not my business. It just isn't until it's my business. If he's not my husband, what he makes isn't my business. As long as he's not asking me for anything, we're good. We are golden as long as you don't need help from me. We can split the check every time we go out. I'm fine with that. I'm cool with whatever. You're not asking me for for money, then we're good. I don't care about (laughs) degrees. I don't care about that's the content of who you are. Yeah, you making you making a a, a honest living, then do you and you don't need my help? We're good. Like But I had a I I dated a chick I call it the the dark ages. I dated a chick that got mad at me because I told her one day we had to go Dutch for, for uh, I think it was Chili's at the time. And I'm like, you're mad because I paid my rent, my car note, my child support, and had a little bit of bread on the side and wanted to spend that time with you. And you're mad because you had to put twenty nine seventy five. On on the rack of ribs you wanted to eat, you you let you informed her of this before y'all went. Yeah. Okay. So I was very clear. I was like, let's go out to eat, but we gotta we gotta handle that separate. I, I, I paid bills this week. Okay. Well, then she she made an informed decision because she had you all the facts. No. She could have said no. She could have said no. Clearly, she could have said no. This is the same individual that underhandedly gave me a gift for Valentine's and expectation that she had a gift for Valentine's. When we started, fellas, I made a mistake. I tried to I tried to bag shorty the week before Valentine's. I don't do holidays. I forgot what date it was. 
It was like February 9th we started talking. And we were like, you know, we was exclusive or, or I can't say the word monogamous, but we was focused on each other right before Valentine's. So she hands me an open... Now, now listen to me. Because she thinks she think I'm stupid. She gives me a Gucci Guilty bottle. Right? I don't think it was no, in a bag. It wasn't wrapped up. She's handed me the bottle. <laughs> Not out of the box? I think the box... She, I think it was in the box, but it had no plastic on it. <laughs> so either you a booster, this is your father's. <laughs> But either way, she gave it to me with the, the, the look on her face that I'm supposed to reach in the back seat and grab something. And I'm like, oh, you're disappointed. And y'all started talking on the night? I felt, I felt, I felt so bad. Boy. Like, I wasn't, I'm, I'm not about to, I've never been the type for you to expect from me to give you money. Now, I love paying the bill, how, how Pop said I love paying rent when the rent due. Mm-hmm. I love putting little money in my mailbox. <laughs> All that. I love it. When I want to. Mm-hmm. If we go out and I really got it, like I got good enough extra, I'll pay the bill. I like to give to people. I also know my limitation. Yeah. Not giving you my last dime. Listen. All of that, you didn't even have to say any of that. Once you said she knew what it was before y'all went... Informed decision. If you you have all the information, you're allowed to make an informed decision. That's all you can ask anyone for is all the information. She could have said, you know what? Nah, let's um, rain check until um, another time when maybe you don't have bills. If it's that serious where she just doesn't want to pay. And then you then can make an informed informed decision decision as to whether you want to continue that relationship or not. I love love how you said that. Instead of saying informed decision of whether I want want to go, you said informed decision where I will keep talking to Shorty. Yes. No, I do not. Right. Yeah. I I remember I was trying to, another scenario, I tried to bag a Shorty that um, she deals with um, a specific illness, which is, I understand, I wasn't like put off by it. But when she said, I need someone to help pay my bills when I can't pay them, nope. That drug that went dead fast. Yeah. No, that's that's husband behavior, baby. Yeah. I'm we 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 getting acquainted. I'm not paying your bills. What what? Right. Well, Surely with, with 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 Joe Biden's inflation, I'm just <laughs> getting my bills. Listen. Hey, she she put it out there. You ain't rock with informed it. Informed decision. But she put it out there. And you made an informed decision. Slide. There's nothing better than being able to make an informed decision based on all the information. Just because, just because I think we need a little levity in the conversation with an informed decision, given the fact that you have uh, transcended a few uh, musical eras. Yes. Usher's Super Bowl performance. How'd you feel about it? Um, it was good. It was to me. It was good. I mean, I I saw you know different comments. You know, it was fire. Some people said it was, you know, meh. It it was it was a good solid performance. I like the fact that um, I like when 
artists bring other artists on that will never have their own Super Bowl mm. performance. That's dope. Love seeing Luda come out. Luda likely will never put on a Super Bowl performance. Probably just because he won't. Um, but who knows? Maybe he will. I like seeing Little John. You know what I mean? Um, I like that type of thing. I love when Dr. Dre did it. So um, for that, you know, it it was cool. But I also saw Usher's Vegas residency. So I'm kind of partial to that show that, that he put on. But no, it was a good solid. It was a good solid performance. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with Usher. That's why I asked. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good solid performance. I knew every song that was played. Mm -hmm. And the petty in me wouldn't allow me to overlook him hugging Alicia Keys. <laughs> Swiss responded to that. No, no. He responded like a light-skinned dude. I don't want to hear that. Oh, my thing is, <laughs> <laughs> myself along with a, probably the, another 378,000 young boys at that time had an ill crush on Alicia Keys. Little light-skinned Jean with the voice thicker than a snicker. Okay. So you, you played in my face before with the My Boo video. And then you're going to play in my face again when I'm sitting with my family. And you're going to just sneak up and, and hug Lil John wrapped in all that red. They're performers. And I, and I feel like their mates understand that. I also feel like Usher is Usher. And I mean, we have to. Yeah, Usher probably does. He does. He does the most. HR. <laughs> uh, he, yo, this dude had a singing the spelling of yeah, his name. Yeah, he, he. We have to put in the context <laughs> that he's actually Usher Raymond, though. Right. But he's been Usher since he was Usher. Like Usher yeah. came out the gate, super deep waves, velvety face. Yeah. Like that was like the post Tevin Campbell era of like. Random chocolate boys that could bag your moms. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, celebrities. I celebrities for me are celebrities, and what and what they do. I just that's a world that I that I'm not in, and I don't pretend to understand it. At I, all. I don't understand Swiss's yeah. response because a lot of men didn't understand his my skin response. brother. So no, I I know. Boosie waited on it. Too. No, no, we don't ask Boosie nothing. Boosie is the drunk uncle at the cookout that shouldn't be allowed to talk out loud. Yeah, but Boosie agreed with you. No, Boosie is the uncle that you got to warn your company about. Yeah, but Boosie agreed with no, you. No, because I, I, was, I was being facetious. My thing is I don't necessarily don't agree with Swiss because at the end of the day, I know what the vibe is. Right. I know that you are up here. First of all, no one has really cared about her musically for a little while because... Okay, you're one. No disrespect, you're one trick pony. We know that you had a crazy range, you could sing, but the early two thousands was for you. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, we're done listening, because now we've had a chance to go back and realize that this dude was drinking chocolate milk with his order, and you still wanted to call him. Like, we've we've had time to analyze this the scenario. You got it. We're done now. Yeah. So. To have this moment was really dope. Yeah. As a husband who... Swiss has made a, such an impact on music over a strong period of time. Mm -hmm. But he, like Timberland and Scott Storch and um, Ryan Leslie, these dudes are old gatekeepers. 
You guys aren't the new hot thing anymore. You're not Jermaine Dupree. Jermaine Dupree is one of y'all. Y'all old gatekeepers. Like when Diddy was doing A&R, y'all old heads now. So y'all can't keep up with the Metro Boomin and the Mike Will made and uh, Mustard on the beat. You can't keep up with them. So as you guys are closing the door, look around. He had to play that the way he had to play that because you would look weird contending with someone who's outdoing you. Usher at 40, what, 47, 45? No, he's my age, 45. At 45 is still roller skating through the hearts of many. <laughs> Usher is still leaving velvet. He's leaving velvety residue on the TV mounts of America. Gma was excited about his performance, so yeah. At ninety five, he still got the sauce to render her ninety five year old thoughts together. But that's why that's why I said you know, celebrities are gonna celeb. That's what they do, and however they respond, um, whether genuine or not they're gonna do whatever is best for their brand that's why i have very little to say about how they operate because i never know if it's you know for um for the fans or or not that's why i said when you have people like a boosie or apply so regardless no why you keep doing I this i know i'm not a boosie yeah, fan because plies is hilarious but what i'm saying is that when they're talking you can tell that they're saying whatever is on their mind first their thing heart. all their intrusive thoughts came out yes and it has nothing to do with being politically correct or anything they're just talking like i said i'm not let's be clear i'm not co-signing anything he says but i'm saying that when he's talking you can believe that what he's saying he means oh that yo that's like oh, i can't say it's a charleston white yeah. like he you have to take that face value because he said it that y'all know that i i i don't mean to quote kevin gates but i will Gates is like that the reason why people can't stand him is because he said exactly no matter how crazy it sounded he said it out loud face value and stood on it Yes. When he said that, he put his two hands on a car and jumped the car battery. Nobody believed him until the video surfaced of the lady admitting that he did. And then you watch people around America with videos that showed that they use themselves as a jumper cable, which I don't understand how. Like, he really said what he wanted to say. Yeah. Versus these dudes who play with words, semantics and feelings. No, I just said what I said. I prefer that, to be honest with you. I mean, it takes courage to be like that. It it takes courage to um, say what you want to say and really not care. Because, like I said, there are a couple of people who they don't care what your rebuttal is to what they said. They said it, they meant it, and they're not going to backpedal. There's no apologies. There's no anything. And I'm not, again, I'm not going to determine whether that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that. Those are the people who it is what it is. I'll leave it like that. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm trying this new format where we don't stay heavy the whole time, mm-hmm. but we end on a light note. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're talking about Usher, where do you feel you are with music right now? Anything new musically? Uh, no, nah, I really. It's funny because I was like. I pay for Apple Music and I listen to my 90s playlist. All day. All day. 
That's that's what I do. I do. I am a um, breezy fan, though. I can't lie. I had a, I had a very interesting conversation about Chris Brown last oh, week. Oh yeah, I his yeah. I'm gonna get canceled. <laughs> I, I am a Chris Breezy fan. I like I, I enjoy his music. So I mean, and he's and he's not even new. You know he's what I like new. about him? It's something he said in an interview, which goes to what you just said. He's like, yeah, I don't write my own music, but who performs it better? Yeah, I saw that. Yo, he really just stood on. He's like. I didn't write the majority of my catalog. Yeah. But who gonna do it better than me? I mean... That level of self-awareness is, like, elite. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not tweaking that I didn't write this, but you're not gonna outperform me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I... Listen, when a when a, when an album drops, I'm on Apple Music downloading. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, other other than that, no. I'm a, I'm a 90s head. I And so are my kids. It's so, so funny. Like... Yeah. That's because that was a that's a transcendent time of music. Yeah. There was so much to be had. If you could have heard what the car sounded like as we're driving from state to state, and my brain is just scrolling through the roller decks of music, my, yo, shout out to my boy X. It broke my heart. He said he turned on his Apple phone, and it looked like his music started over. Like, it looked like, you know how you first get your iPhone, you have to, like, put in your iCloud or whatever, and it turns your music on? Mm-hmm. He said his music restarted to that. And he, he logged in, all his music was gone. My world would fall <laughs> apart if my musical library disappeared out of my phone. Yeah, nah. I would cease to, like, yo, I told him, it'd be like Marty McFly. I would start just dis- like disappearing into nothing if my music stopped existing. What? Every day I'm at work with the AirPod tucked, letting Nirvana play me through this terrible situation with this member. Listen, I, I don't go anywhere. If I'm walking through the mall, through the grocery store, through anywhere, and I'm alone, I'm listening to music. Like, I feel like I have a soundtrack to my life, and I'm just... I'm also one of my favorite songs. Yeah. So. Um, Teddy Swims has got me in a chokehold. Teddy Swims is every bit of soul... The most soul a white man can have lives inside of Teddy Swims. Like, if you put Robin Thicke and a redneck together, you would get Teddy Swims. Mm. Like, he has a facial tats like Wheezy. Sings like... I don't know what you can compare him to. And I haven't gotten past track seven. I've been stuck on the first seven for like two weeks because it's just hitting. And it's not this oh, put like this. If Michael McDonald grew up in like Mississippi, if Michael McDonald lived on Deerfield in the nineties, <laughs> that's what Teddy Swims is. Mm-hmm. Like, drop Michael McDonald on the North at at, at Jamskis and let him figure it out. Teddy Swims. Mm-hmm. Like, this dude sings like there's a slave in his soul. And I'm like, yeah, I love everything about this. <laughs> it's just so good. It's so good. And I'm like, okay, there's hope for music. Then I, I end up going on a little trip with my boy. We had to go shopping real quick. And, you know me, Mr. Extrovert, I asked the, the lady at the store, whose playlist is this? And she said, oh, this one's mine. I'm like, nah, send it, run it up. She airdropped it. I've been running through that joint. 
She's got a little bit of Ed Khalid and Frank Ocean and uh, 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 what's this girl name? Um, Janae Aiko. Like, there's a lot of everything on there, and I'm so pleased. Because mm-hmm. I don't, for contrary to most people's belief, because my wife thinks all of us do is trap music, contrary to belief, I love softer music. Lo-fi, um, R&B, things that are melodic and heavy. Trap music only comes out when it's required. Mm-hmm. Like that last 20 minutes on this road trip this morning, I had to put on March Madness and Future had to get me through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was... I mean, you got a little... little Sprite in my cup. A good trap trap beat. It's the beat. Uh, I don't listen to anything that they say. They don't say anything. It's the, the beat, beat that gets you. The beat gets you, yeah. And that's, Tw- and that's oh, necessary. 21 Savage. I Listen... Debate with your mama about music and my theology. I love music. I'm a music head all the way around. I know what my spirit can take and can't take. As much as I watch Kevin Gates, I don't listen to Gates anymore for specific reasons and affiliations. I know where to cut the line. Music is fire. One person that a lot of people sleep on is 21 Savage and his uh, composition of music. If you go to, and you can type it in YouTube, Red Rum, a red rum is that track name, but just do the instrumental. It's so musical, and then drops into a crazy trap beat. I love instrumentals. Yeah, I don't I need the words. Violin Dominique Hammonds um, covers a lot of um, different artists with his violin, and I can sit there and just put that on repeat. That's like Boyce Avenue. Love it. Acoustic uh, guitar, and he just goes through a lot of. Things that could or could not be played on guitar, and it's just like, ah. I want Dominique Hammonds at my wedding. Gift. Because he does. He plays people's weddings. <laughs> I feel I feel targeted because you pointed back this way. Like, I was just supposed to take that on the chin. I mean, if he, if he take Klarna, we could talk about it. If, if I can hit my man with the quad pay, we, we could talk about it. <laughs> I'll I throw him some free pictures or something. We got Bartering is the way. Ah, <laughs> uh, we get, yo. How are you? Yeah, I, I, I feel like we're gonna end up circling it back. We do have some guests coming this season that, that we're gonna end up getting in depth of that. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be a part two, but I do believe um, the brother that's coming is going to be very insightful. Mm-hmm. Um, as you all know, again, let me re- 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 reinstate, not reinstate, restate. The purpose of the podcast is to get people conversing. This is not, we're not looking for money. You know, we'll take money. We're not looking to <laughs> months, month. We have the monetized, monetized, I can't say the word. Monet, they, they give me money for, for, for the views and stuff. And I don't care for it because the art of conversing is way more important than what you can get paid. If we talk more, we'd argue less. Mm, I like that. That's going to be the tagline going forward. If we talk more, we'd argue less. That's a ball headed logic right there. I don't even need to say one. You can't, you can't steal my ender. Yeah, I can't, though. <sighs> that was, I was supposed to go on, that was like, that was my Denzel moment, and you just hijacked it. Yeah, no, that, that's it. Like, could you beat Denzel in a different movie? Like, that was, that, that was my taking pedal on one, two, three. Can you go somewhere else? No. Like, hit, hit John Q on the way out. No, that was it. I'm not going to bury my son. My son's going to bury me. <laughs> that was it. If we talk more, we'd argue less. Jim. Bars. Dropped.
Mike over there. It's in the corner. Way over there. Uh, it slipped down some ice. <laughs> it's in the street now. Hey, yo, uh, I appreciate y'all listening. Please like, share, comment, text us, uh, inbox. We list, we respond to everything. We want to get people talking again. We, we're, we're missing something quintessential to our society, and it's growth. And growth only comes by way of conversation. Absolutely. So, as always, I am he, your humble yet blessed and wonderfully favored host, Mike. I am Leash, a.k.a. my ball-headed logic, and my head is actually bald. Smoothed it a monkey head, boy. <laughs> Shining. That don't look like the nine in the corner pocket. <laughs> So, yes, we thank you for listening. I wonder if that's what Milk does look like when they first come out. Probably. Oh, shiny homes. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to take my name to Ishbu. You're going to be my little genie head. Rub your joint and make a wish. You're a knucklehead. We out. Love y'all. Peace. Peace. Tierra and Music.